On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the dudes will be talking about Triple Force Friday and a secret reveal this week. They're going to be discussing two new collectibles, well three if you're keeping score, for Star Wars fans to look into. The cover art for Kylo Ren number one, which is looking titties. Some new Star Wars Battlefront 2 content that is dropping this week and should be live by the time you're listening to this. A leak of a Tross poster, anyone? Bob Iger talking shit on George Lucas. Of course, it's the primetime show, so we're going to do the top five to end things. All right, my friends, cue that music. Everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Prime time. I think that's what I'm going to go with now. Prime time. Dion. Anyways, it's prime time because we'll, we'll be doing the top five segment at the end. But before we get there, you heard the guy. We've got some Star Wars to talk about. So we're going to talk about with something that is pertinent for you collectors out there. And that is the Triple Force Friday Global Reveal. Which we uh, got a teaser for today. Nick put it up on the site, StarWarsTime.net. But of course you knew that because you're a good, loyal Star Wars timer. And you already saw it today, either on Instagram, through our shares, or you just checked out the site on your daily surfing of the web. But anyways, Nick, we got this little teaser today to kind of let people know that they're going to do a live stream on the 26th. And they're going to reveal... The Force, Triple Force Friday products, and I believe we're also going to get a new Jedi Fallen Order trailer at the same time. Yes. You not being a big collector, I mean, does this even move your meter I outside mean, of the Jedi Fallen Order stuff? Or are you just like, yeah, you weirdo collector people have fun? Yeah, I mean, it does. You know, it gets me hyped up because even though I don't buy a lot of the collectibles, I think that they look really cool. I like to see the merch that they put out there. And, you know, if something really grabs my attention enough then i'll fucking go out and get it like for example if they reveal you know a a, a tross helmet that is the cracked kylo helmet i'm like oh fuck i might i might get that That, honestly that may be it because they they typically do a black series helmet per movie uh we had poe's helmet was one yeah and then the original i don't know what they tfa was kylo like, okay. Yeah, TFA had a Kylo. Yeah, so it. Kylo then Poe. So, yeah, you might. You never know. So, you know, I'm just kind of keeping an eye out to see what's going to pop up in, in, in Force, you know, Triple Force Friday. I obviously want to see some more of the Mandalorian stuff. Like, we've gotten little pieces and bits here and there from the Mandalorian. But even just get, getting to see the merchandise that's out there may give a tease to what we could see in the show. And it's also going to be pretty fun to see how these stars of the, of the movies and the shows and the games are going to interact with, you know, the star Wars show hosts, Andy and Anthony. So, well, yeah, I mean, let's be real. That should be Matt and Nick. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you should, the star Wars show, it should be star Wars time show hosts, dummy and dumber <laughs> opening boxes of cool stuff that we don't get to see yet. Yeah. I mean, come on, but I'm, come on. I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested. You know, I'm I'm a general Star Wars fan. I love everything right. about Star Wars. And then oh, I'm super. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm jazzed for this. Uh, I'm I'm still waffling. Am I going to go out and do the midnight stuff? I've done it for all the other Force Fridays. 
Uh, as Nick said, it's called Triple Force Friday because you're going to get some Mando stuff from Fallen Order stuff and, of course, some of the Trot stuff. We, we've seen a lot of this already. I mean, it's leaked out there. I believe we even, we even talked about it in the last cast, didn't we, when we were reading yeah. the card backs for the Black Series figures. There, there have been other leaks. I mean, some are going to be coming in all white packaging. You know, are they going Star Wars the White Series? I don't know. Mando apparently has a, like, a copper packaging Target exclusive, and he gets an extra weapon, or maybe his helmet's metal or some shit like that. So this, those are the little nuances, Nick, that make events like this, they, they, they get me itchy. They drive the collectors crazy. Right, because <laughs> a lot of FOMO kicks in. Am I going to get the white box? Is the white box better than the black box? Is the copper box better than the white back white box and the black box combined? Oh fuck! And look, look, that person got it. I don't have it. I suck. I mean, that type of stuff. And that's our core audience. You know, every you know, most of the people who are listening to this show, we assume, have come to us from the toy community. And I'm sure everybody out there, everything Kylo, Sir Dork, all the heavy hitters are going to be watching this global reveal live stream on like the edge of their seats, seeing what new shit they can get their hands on, figuring out how they're going to blow it up, figuring out how they're going to pose it with different stuff, come up with mashups. I mean, this has got to be a hot time for the toy community. What I need, Nick, I need to be as good as the work more or lesses of the world, the nose reins, the plastic actions, the sweat picks, the black series. Because I'll tell you right now, I guarantee you Hasbro is going to mail these motherfuckers a box full of Force Friday shit, they're not even going to have to step outside their door. You got to, look, you got to keep in touch with that contact you had when you when you got on the show. Yeah, floor, well, so. it's the same people to talk to them, except I have 3,600 followers <laughs> and add about 100 followers every five months because Instagram fucking hates my account. <laughs> and they're all like 10,000 plus. So yeah, of course they're going to get promo materials. Because they've got bigger accounts that reach wider audiences. And we've discussed this in the past. I mean, I haven't really lamented my Instagram woes in a long time. But I guess we'll go down this this rocky path here. But um, my account, for all intents and purposes, is dead. It, it's a dead account. I mean, it is dead. It goes in waves of growth where I'll you know I'll add like 10 users that aren't bots that drop off the next day. But it, it's, it's dead for the most part. If I don't po- post during hashtag sessions... I'm lucky to get 100 likes out of 3,600 followers. I mean, IG just hides my shit. And I think a lot of it is because I started as a pop guy and I don't do a lot of pop shots. So I'd say 60% of my audience were pop people that probably aren't liking my other figure stuff, which, as Nick has explained, will inherently, organically drive down my reach. Oh, yeah. Because if I drop something and within, what is it, the first hour or so, it doesn't get a certain amount of automatic natural likes or comments – IG's pretty much like, yeah, go fuck yourself. This yeah. one's going to be hidden from everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's the tough part about switching, like having content switches and changing like the primary. Uh, I, you know, mark my focus. words. Mark my words, Nick. If we're still alive and doing this shit this time next year, the Star Wars Time Show IG account will have more followers than Haywood Pop. Then we got to get in. We got to get in with the Marvel people, or not the Marvel, the Hasbro people, and be like, "Hey, look, you know, we so got just a mark my word. I mean, the, the gotta... Star Wars Time Show account grows weekly. We're growing. Weekly. We're getting bigger. We're getting there. Yeah. But it's because we also we we share a lot of awesome artist work. I get it. We share our own content, so we're not just complete mooches. But, hey, it is what it is. But get ready for this Triple Force Friday. Fuck, saying that's like, 
But uh, it's going to go down live stream on the 26th. This is where everything will be revealed. But I actually believe the real Force Friday isn't until next Friday, as in, was that the second? Yeah. Something like that? No. It is yeah. the f- Something like fifth. that. Fifth. Fourth. Fourth Friday, yes. We, there we go. It only <laughs> took us like fucking eight guesses, and we're both supposedly intelligent humans. We are know. adults that function in yeah. society. We, we never society. said we were smart. <laughs> All right, so as the announcer tease, we also got a couple looks, some glamour shots, if you will, from uh, two of the lines I love to collect, and that's Hot Toys and Black Series. We're going to start with the Hot Toys uh, unveil. And there's a new uh, collectible set coming out for a new Hope fans. And I say that because it features a Jawa and the Gonk Droid, although they're mm-hmm. insisting on calling him by his call sign, which is EG6. And we all know that's a bunch of shit. Yeah. He's motherfucking Gonk. Yeah. He walks around, Gonk, 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 Gonk <laughs> EG6 gonk. Power Droid. Get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about, EG6? <laughs> no one needs to know Gonk's real name. We're cool. No. Like, we call droids what we want to call them. R2 is always going to be R2 because that's what he was called. He wasn't called Buckethead or, or Chrome Dome, shit like that. He's R2. Yes. Or R2-D2, something like that. This guy is gonk. Uh, and hey, just, just think about it. I mean, they literally jammed a short person into this thing back in the 70s. I like, know, yeah, dude. dude. It's like... Just walk around in that fucking heat box. When you think about like the people who played the droids, <laughs> when you think about the people who Jawas. played the, the Jawas, the Ewoks, and stuff like that, it's fucking crazy. It, like, it's basically Wizard of Oz. I mean, yeah. I'd say between Wizard of Oz and Star Wars, they probably employed the most little people in all of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, Kenny Baker, one of the most, you know, famous actors from from Star Wars was inside of the fucking R2-D2 unit for almost all of his Star Wars career. Like, it's fucking incredible to see people like that, like that they actually did that, that they actually put people in these costumes. Because now this shit would all be animatronic. Like, you're not going to put somebody in a little garbage can. I I agree. I mean, I think people like J.J. have gone out of their ways their way to get a little more uh practical these days with especially with alien costumes or or these guys um but yeah i mean it's still one of the best droids in all star i mean any star wars fan can probably look at that little square and instantly go that's gonk if they see the little guy on wheels they'll say that's mouse and then clearly the the named robots from star wars lore but gonk's a big one so uh he's getting paired with a jawa which which kind of makes sense i mm-hmm. mean that's where we met gonk in the first place he was hanging out in their sand crawler and uh they're coming as a set here nick uh i don't know i mean you know me i love all this shit right you do you do this is one when I looked at it, I was like, eh, eh. I mean, I this isn't really moving me here. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a fucking Obi. It's not a Hot Toys Dooku or anything like that. Like they're fun characters, but like you said, you know, it's it's the very beginning of a New Hope. They're not in the movie very long. Like obviously. The, the Jawas in that movie had a had a pretty substantial role in, in bringing together Luke Skywalker and the droids and stuff like that. But I mean, what I'm sure that there are things that you, we're, you know, people are going to do with these these figures. That oh, dude, I'll, I'll awesome. tell you right now. I mean, one one six shooter Trevor, he's the one that I kind of caught wind of this stuff because I think he threw it up on Exclude Collective. Give those guys a plug. Uh, but 
he's like, oh yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely snagging this. I'm like, well, if if he thinks it's cool, it's got to be cool because I mean he is like the one six guy. Yeah, and, and you could, I mean, if you look at the job, I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, it's all are cloth his, or soft goods. And, is his, are his eyes lit? Or oh yeah, they'll just, light up. Okay, yep. they light up. Gotcha. Yeah, eyes will will light up. I mean, he's got some decent props. Yep. And I guess from a photography standpoint, especially if you had multiple or if you did some layering and just took a shot of the same guy over and over and over in different uh, setups, you can definitely do some fun shots with Jawas. I mean, I I remember when they came out in the Black Series line, a lot of people did some great shots with Jawas. It's just me personally, which is a miracle. It it just, this is something I didn't feel like I automatically had to click on the pre-order button and take one for the team. Yeah, yeah. I could see that, though. I mean, not huge, you know, not huge characters in the movie. Still fun-looking, obviously, and they look fantastic, as with all Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll be good stuff. display pieces. I mean, if you got the money, I mean, why the fuck not? But, yeah, I mean, it's $267 for the pair of these guys. That's not, yeah. Uh, both of them could fit in one hand. I mean, a lot of times, these, these tiny 1-6 scales are misleading. He's going to be little, like little, little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask if, you know, I'm sure that there's like a sand crawler, you know, out there, like a sand crawler toy <laughs> that you could just find. I'm, I'm sure a fan probably made one. I mean, they sideshow hot toys, they don't really do 1-6 scale props, but uh, there is an account on Instagram, and it's killing me that I'm, I can't. I don't know what, who it is, but they they specialize in one six scale props. Uh, I've seen they've made a a Luke Skywalker farm boy uh, land, a sans, or land speeder. Um, they've done I think some of the Star Destroyer bridges. So there there are people out there, but not professional like not sideshow or hot toys that would make that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that would just if you could, if you could snag one of those from a custom guy and then you have <laughs> that these thing would be so fucking big, dude. I'm just I'm <laughs> trying to envision. I mean it would probably I, I bet it oh, would nice. it would probably almost have to come up to my my chest i would think i mean yeah like one six scale sand crawler would be huge it'd have to be (laughs) close to five foot tall i would think yeah i mean easily like (laughs) obi and and luke standing next to the sand crawler weren't even as tall as the tracks like yeah so like i said it it probably would be as tall as me if not taller so yeah Uh, you know hey maybe that that's something you could get into in your free time you can start uh, being a, a customizer here yeah um, yeah. build us a one six scale sand crawler but anyways these guys are out there they're actually up for pre-order now when i put the post out that wasn't up but they're going for 267 looks like they're shipping fairly soon too for a newly revealed hot toys they have a date of our window of january to march 2020 nice uh, so you can you can hook those up right now uh moving on to the next new collectible we got and this is one nick that i will have to get and i will probably overpay on ebay if i have to i hope i don't have to but i will because i dig it and this is what is being called as the skywalker strikes fall convention black series exclusive and it is a shot of luke skywalker in his yavin celebration attire okay yeah i mean this looks i will have to say i'm gonna say this and it's probably you know i don't want to make it sound like a slight but we recently revealed or you know talked about the reveal of the hyper real um luke skywalker cls correct 
I got to yes. say that like the face sculpt on this actually looks a little bit better than the hyper real one because oh, dude, the hyper real I mean, one was like Don't cartoon. don't be timid in saying that. I mean everyone <laughs> is a little concerned over the hyper real Luke because I think when we broke it down the first thing that came to my mind is it it almost looks animated. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon. He's like an animated Luke and now that I got the hyper real Vader, which by the way people, he is the real deal. I mean the the, the biggest lack in this thing this $80 8-inch Vader figure is he does, his chest lights don't light up. I feel like that would have been a nice little touch. Outside of that, man, I mean, he's jointless. He's got a metal endoskeleton with the, you know, rubber over top of it. He just he feels like a an expensive figure. But that Luke, as you said, I don't know, man. I if they don't they should just use the face technology that they're using for this Black series yeah. because that that uh, Bespin Luke hyper real, like we said, I mean he looks almost anime Luke. Yeah, it was very odd. It was very odd that that ended up in the hyper real. But this one here, I mean, it looks yeah. fantastic. It's a six inch figure, and it also comes with a lot of really cool props. So you get your training droid, uh, you get your you know your rebel helmet, the visor that he used when he was doing the training. You get his lightsaber. You get it looks his like it's his blaster. Will blaster. Be there. Yep. And then you got a couple of. Looks like they're like little little boxes down at the bottom as well. I can't really recall if they if we ever saw those on screen or not, but they're like a couple of like crates. yeah. It looks like some other props are in there. Yeah. Uh. So what? The, there's a little bit of a I wouldn't say controversy, probably confusion's a better word. It, the packaging looks cool too. It's it it's does. A, it looks like a comic I mean, that's basically star. It is that that's yeah. what the Star Wars number one looked like when Marvel rebooted it back in what 2015, I think. Yeah. Um. If you, if you scroll down in the post, and I'll have these images probably on the YouTube, uh, but this fly guy here on Twitter, look at his shot. Luke's got a medal. Oh, wow, he does. He's got his Yavin medal where the ones up here don't. So it, it's not clear yet oh. if the medal is going to be part of the convention exclusive packaging or will it be in the North American retail listing? Who knows? But the North American North America I sound like my little kid. Mm. North American retail launch for this figure is set for November fourth. Um, if you're going to like NYCC or any fall conventions here in the states, he supposedly is going to be there as well as across the pond and a lot of the EU and Asian fall conventions. I mean that's he's. That's why he's called Skywalker Strikes Fall Convention Exclusive. But as I said, he will be made available at certain retailers in Asia and North America on the 4th. Uh, and I hope we get that medal. That medal's a nice yeah, little prop. that is. It's a nice touch. Uh, it's a nice touch. Uh, if I got it, you know what I'd do with that medal? I would motherfucking give it to Chewbacca. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Finally getting his due. Yes. I mean, to this day, and even my daughter has picked up on this now. During the uh, Yavin celebration, she's like, how come Chewbacca doesn't get one? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm like, you're damn straight. It's like, now you get it, kid. Now you get it. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, even even his own friends treat him like a dog. It's so like fun. he's second class. Nothing. Nothing. You know what? I hope that, you know, we see the shot of the metal and Tross and the Tross trailer. I hope that fucking Ray gives that metal to Chewbacca. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, look. Yeah. Han's dead. Nobody else. Luke is dead. Leia's probably dead, too. <laughs> oh, dude, fucking take this medal. Nobody else to give it to. We're not going to give it to Kylo. Kylo's not here to get his dad's medal. His wife's dead, too. 
You're the only one that we're left to give it to, Chewie. Take the goddamn medal. <laughs> I would almost rather Chewie just like go in and steal it off of Leia's corpse, like like a real dirty move. But that that it would show like how slighted he felt. Yeah, I just you know, think like it, if she's buried with it, he just fucking opens that shit and takes it. Dude, you know, like, and he's like, <laughs> it would be saying it's mine now, motherfuckers. It would be hilarious if the way that that Ray got it is like. Chewie and, and Ray are bumming around on a falcon. And then all of a sudden, she just walks into a room, and he's wearing it. And he's, like, looking in a mirror, and he's, like, yeah, yeah, he's looking like at himself all, all Silence of the stuff. Lamb stuff. You know, he's got, like, his penis tucked, tucked between his legs. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that would be perfect. It's like, oh, yeah. I was, I'm, not, I'm sorry, this is Han's medal. Let me put this back. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the bucket. And Ray's just like, oh, fuck, I got to oh, get man. out of this place. Oops, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I was just going so anyway, <laughs> it is a good-looking Black Series figure. I mean, I've, I've always liked this version of Luke. I mean, he's got that pimp-ass mustard yellow space jacket on, the yep. brown, the black pants. I, I mean, his color coordination, you could argue, is a little off, but it, I like this Luke. I really do. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to get the Super Duper exclusive. If anything else, we'll be looking for the uh, retail release November 4. So this, this isn't going to be part of the Triple Force Friday stuff. He is his own exclusive Skywalker Strikes. Nice, nice. All right, so some other fandom stuff to get through, Nick, that we uh, that kind of went down since the last primetime episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And that is we got a look at the cover art for The Rise of Kylo Ren. Now, we, we talked about this a few months ago. This is going to be a new series dedicated at showing Ben's, essentially his entire progression from a solo to Kylo Ren. We're going to get Knights of Ren stuff, all sorts of fantastic shit. But we got the cover, and the cover enough has convinced me that even though I don't like to read, even though I always say and lament the fact that we don't read the comics, this is one I'm getting on, I'm doing it day one, enough of the bullshit, it's time to commit to these comics because they are putting out some pretty interesting and important lore these days. I mean, the comics have essentially explained the way what the Chosen One is. Uh, they've, they've set up how Sith can pass their essence, this, that, and the other thing. Anakin's And this one in particular. <laughs> A lot of yeah, stuff. I mean, we're getting some hardcore lore here for the Age of Resistance. We are going to see. I mean, the, the author here... Charles Soleil or Soul, however you want to say it. Uh, I probably should say it the right way. I just don't know because, again, I'm stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, he pretty much said, we're gonna, we are going to see Ben turn into Ren. That is his kind of catchphrase. That's how he's summarizing this series, which is going to kick off in what? Is it, is it December? It's, let's or see. November. I mean, you'd think the guy that wrote the article would put – that type of shit in there but he's an idiot <laughs> i think it's november release uh, yeah because it's gonna be out before the movies i'm pretty yes, sure yes this um, drops before tross drops so it's i mean like you said this is kind of one of the stories that's been left out people were wondering if we're gonna see it on film or are we gonna see it in a tv show are we gonna see it in a novel and it's very clear now that we're going to get the fall of Ben Solo and the rise of Kylo Ren through this four-arc uh, four comic series written by Charles Soule, I guess. 
Um, and, and really, you know, what this, this article is about here is, you know, we posted it based off of the cover art reveal and the cover art itself is fucking fantastic because yeah, it it's, is, it's boss. Yeah. I mean, it was done by Clayton Crane and what it portrays is like the one thing that we, we know about Kylo Ren is that the specter of Darth Vader is always kind of right behind him. So we see the fully clothed in TFA garb, Kylo Ren, mask, ignited lightsaber, and then in the background, always looming large, is Vader. And it really kind of sets well, up... I mean, you, you said the right, the right phrase there, looming large. I mean, the image of Vader is like triple the size of Kylo. Yeah, exactly. It engulfs him. And so it's like that, that interests me right there. Like what, what, what is that cover saying about issue one? I mean, is it going to be, is a story almost going to be told through a flashback? Is that why we're getting this very clear connection of Kylo's obsession with his grandfather? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was an interesting choice. You'd think for Kylo Ren number one, where he may be Ben, maybe we get a shot of young Ben. I don't know, but I love yeah. what we get, what we got. I mean, you could just wipe away the Marvel logo and the words out the bottom, and that's a good-looking poster. Right oh, there. yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are the types of stories that we're waiting to be, you know, waiting to have told to us, and now they're finally coming out. I mean, I, I will argue till, you know, the cows come home that, Kylo Ren's the most interesting character in this, you know, Age of Resistance trilogy, in my opinion. And I've been begging to, to learn more about him. And, you know, with this coming out, with Tross coming out, that's kind of wrapping up everything to do with Skywalkers. And then, you know, surely more content to come from the Age of Resistance. Like, rest assured, people, just because Tross comes out and then leaves theaters doesn't mean that all content about the Skywalker era is over. Like, there's going to be comic books there's going to be novels there's going to be you know television series obviously with the mandalorian so i want to see expansion of these characters within you know the novels and the the comic books and stuff like that and this is a perfect way to start so i may be with you here on this train it looks like it's only a four you know a four comic arc yeah, you which think is we can easy. handle that you think we can handle that can we i don't know four comic books i mean where here's the deal it's like i know they're good i mean at one point in time when i would travel a bit more on my comicsology i mean i'd always buy the most recent vader or you know the star wars proper runs i, I did the the kanan run i did the anakin and obi run it just you know i mean i, I get myself mixed up in so much shit that I, I typically find myself at the end of the day just going, what have I done? Like, I, I, everything I like, I've essentially turned into a job now. Really, all my passions have become a job. <laughs> yeah. Collecting toys, that's now a job. Because now when I get a new toy, I feel like I have to take a fucking picture of it. <laughs> I only buy new toys now to take pictures of them. There you go. That's a problem, right? You need uh, something. You need something that you could just... I know. I, I can't... Knitting. So by the time I sit down at night to relax, I can't even just relax with one form of entertainment anymore i can't just watch a fucking show you gotta i gotta start. have my phone going too or the ipad to edit pictures it, it's a disease you gotta start knitting star wars socks and then sell them on etsy and then you can make another thing a job <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what i would probably do nick because i can't i just have the inability to enjoy my free time anymore i always feel like i have to be producing something yeah 
You're a content creator. That's what you are at heart. It, it's fucking weird. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is no one gives a shit. I mean, you'd think after 10 plus years of creating content that has been received in a lukewarm passion, I'd just be like, all right, I get it. My content sucks, but I can't fucking stop. It's just I you, can't stop it. The burning desire. And look, you know, we've been doing this for Dude, we're almost, almost we're almost coming years. up on a year year proper of SWT proper. Oh yeah, yes. So. From yeah, for from an SWT standpoint, we are coming yeah. up on a year in like I think we launched a site in December or late November. Late November. And you know, in terms of the amount of time that Matt and I have been sitting down every week or, you know, every oh yeah. You know, so often to do a podcast. I mean, we started before the release of, of TFA. We actually the first I guess you could say the inaugural Star Wars time show was actually done with like five people. Yeah, was, we had a bunch of people on there. Yeah, it was it was me and Matt, and then it was some of Matt's buddies from Entertainment Buddha. And yep. then after that, Matt and I decided to pick up the cast and continue it as as the Star Wars time duo. So if you if you clock the time back, that's you know. 2020 oh we've been doing this forever years. and again i mean the writing's on the wall people hate us so <laughs> i mean both you and i should just get the fucking clue here but hey we keep doing it i mean i guess running star wars time isn't expensive as eb so it's not killing us in the pocketbook but there are some times i'm like you know what what could i be doing with my life right now if what? i didn't feel consumed or, or like every day now it's like i gotta put something out on starwarstime.net it's like no one gives a fuck <laughs> if i put something out but me that's the problem that's so, as long yeah. as it gives you pleasure and you, and you it, i don't know if it does <laughs> nick that's the problem i really don't know if it does man i mean when we're not making any like money you're getting any real publicity out of this is like why am i killing myself mentally again why yeah i'm a nut job we're so. getting there slow we'll get build. there but it's up to you guys those of you that listen hey welcome if you're loyalists we love you if you tune in just for the top five we we kind of like you you're okay um, if you're <laughs> if you're just listening now hey welcome to the shit show welcome all to right it. <laughs> yeah welcome <laughs> to the what is it the secession line welcome to the shit show at the fuck factory oh something god like that. yeah <laughs> that's one of the best phrases ever I, mean, I, I i've i've went back to that one a few times all right man there's a nice little tangent for those of you that have been missing those every once in a while especially because i've stopped drinking on the podcast now uh my drinking habit definitely fueled a lot of black hole <laughs> tangents back in the day as well as me yelling those have pulled us like an idiot into many two-hour casts oh dude it's, it's been a long time since we did the we drunk matt cast oh, yeah. i don't know if it's good or bad but hey we're here we have to revisit and it and i'm sober at least today all right so up next nick we we told the fans we told star wars time nation we had some details on a new content drop coming for star wars battlefront 2 and if you are listening to this the um uh, it's with the co- cooperation update should already be live. It's dropping on September 25th, which would be the day this episode comes out. And this update, my friend, this is providing pretty much the game you and I wanted two or three years ago with this uh, cooperation update because it's adding clone commando unit. Okay, great. Felucia map, neat. But the big ones here for you and I, we're getting instant action and the co-op modes. Yes. And for, for the... Uh, 
for the collectors out there, also Farm Boy Luke skin. But again, the big stuff is instant action and co-op. Yeah, and and these new game modes, what it is, is it's pulling you away from just PvP online action. Like, you no longer have to play Battlefront 2 in a way where it's just like run your head against the other team of people who are playing online and then, you know, move on to the next match. Now with instant action, you are able to jump into a game immediately, play versus AI enemies, and then it's just you. You don't have to worry about some 14-year-old kid who's got, you know, 40 hours in a week to sit down and play video games and you have time for one game maybe, and you don't have to worry about shitty teammates who quit halfway through it's just you. You can play by yourself. You can enjoy the game for what it is, and you can set your difficulty. You can set your match lengths. You can set all of the parameters for the game to whatever you want it to be and then just enjoy it by yourself. And the other mode, the co-op mode, now gives you the ability to play with three other friends, PvE style, not PvP style. Yep. And you're playing, again, this is something that I really enjoyed about the old battlefront games is being able to sit couch co-op some people don't even know what that term means anymore couch co-op i could sit down with my friend i'm holding one playstation controller he's holding the other one and we're just playing against you know the the missions we're just completing the 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 objectives on the map against the ai and and that's what's now coming back to battlefront 2 which is fantastic i mean this is probably something that, you know, if, if Matt and I ever decide to sit down and game together, which is something that, like I don't even know if we've ever done considering we started in video game journalism. If we do decide to do that one day, we would give this a shot. We would boot up the Battlefront 2 co-op mode and we'll see if we're even good enough to beat AI bots anymore. Probably not, <laughs> but I'm still going to have fun because it'll be me against the computers instead of me against 10 year olds that just literally teabag and kick the shit out of me i mean i would hope that i can at least spawn and run around for two minutes before i get wasted against the ai yeah yeah i, I mean that that's the goal that's what i'm looking for set it to beginner the first couple of times yeah like know. just dolt i mean do they have like a dolt or a dummy yeah. or we'll you just know, remove all the weapons from the enemies yeah like <laughs> drunk person mode because i'm probably gonna fire it up friday night after the bar because Clearly, I tried doing some Gears 5 multi last week after the bar. Oof. Not good. Oof. Yeah, that's not tough good. One. I mean, we're talking as soon as I'd spawn, I'd run and be dead. Yeah, so, that's, that's tough. Uh, this, though, instant action against the computer, I might be able to handle it. So I, I'm, I'm pretty jacked, dude. I haven't, I don't think I've played Battlefront 2 in over a year. I mean, I, the last time I played it, I think, is when I went back to finish off the extended campaign content that they dropped yep. uh, i have hardly touched the multiplayer i know it's gotten a lot better but I, I just i don't care i mean but now i do so i i will try to dust this off i can do it i think so i can commit to it yeah test it out maybe we'll report back uh on a future cast how this is going yeah. but i just have make sure xbox as well so we might have to do a session we'll find time oh yeah i got every i got session. fucking xbox i got on playstation i mean i've got this game installed on every damn device it can be installed on i just don't play it because i suck <laughs> uh, but hopefully this changes it uh, i'm probably gonna start a little instant action just get a feel for the game again and then maybe try some of that co-op if I can find any friends. So it may might be Nick because I don't have many friends. <laughs> well, there All we right. go. There we go. Date set. 
Let's do it. Uh, moving on, man. We got a leak here. Uh, it's apparently the next cover for Star Wars Insider. I've seen it in other promotional materials. It's clearly a poster of some sort for Tross. And it's boss, if you will. See, I can rhyme too. Don't sign, you know, sign me up. Me and T-Pain yeah. on uh, Mass Singer. Hook it up. Here we go. Uh, but anyways, Nick, what do you think about this thing? I mean, this looks very reminiscent of other posters that we've seen, so I have no doubt about its legitimacy. But it's all, I mean, like, everything that we see here in this poster is pretty incredible. Like, you know, you have big supreme leader Kylo Ren with his cracked red helmet as the primary focus of this thing. You see the Sith troopers that we now know, thanks to the Black Series box leaks are going to be a part of the first order and not against the first order we see knights of ren scattered around we see the new trooper type that was introduced a couple of weeks ago and then just all around this this whole poster is, is fantastic we get a look at the new tie fighter up there as well um it really shows the might of the first order and i think that's oh, yeah. that's what they were trying big to get time. across here so um, big time uh yeah it's badass i mean th- this is a a titties covered, make a titties poster. There, there is supposedly a corresponding ray shot. If you can see Nick, you see the blue. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, I see. Look at the t- starting at the left hand side of the. Yeah, area. so I mean, there, there's a, there's another half to this. Like I said, I mean, yeah, this is supposedly for Insider, but I, I've seen it for I think an advent calendar where Ray's <laughs> on the other side, kind of with with her people here. Yeah. Uh, so it is, it is, it's one half of a dueling poster, clearly with Ray and Kylo being the, the the main leads or the the dominant figures on the poster. How about? What do you think they're doing with all the Sith troopers here, man? Is that over-embellishment, or are we going to see, like, a fucking battalion of these motherfuckers? Yeah, I mean, that's—it seems like, if this is accurate, Sith troopers may be the most common type of trooper that we're going to see in this movie, because, as you mentioned— yeah, you see, you know, a squadron or like a, you know, a yeah. little group of them right up front next to the Knights of Ren. But if you look behind Kylo, it's like a sea of Sith troopers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it it's reminiscent of General Hux's Hitler speech yes. on Starkiller Base, right? Yes, exactly. Like he's standing on that on that little dais and looking out over. And this is what it looks like here. They're all they're all seemingly kind of looking up from what, you know, from what I can tell. Like they're almost, you know, looking up to somebody who's speaking and, you know, we, we've heard about these Sith troopers. We, you know, they were included in the leaks that, you know, these troopers are going to be the elite of the elite. These, you know, are, are, were being trained by the first order and the ways of the dark side of the force in some instances. And, and they're going to bring the pain much more than standard, you know, uh, first order troopers would. So, it could be a good how, indication how like the, that we see a lot of them. How do you like the cape on uh, Homeboy there? Kylo. I mean, he looks like a snow, no, a oh. snow trooper. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That, I mean, I'm assuming that's a snow trooper, but he's got like a kind of a pimp cape on, like yeah. just for a basic unit. I mean, you didn't really see a lot of that in the OT. Yeah, I don't know if this is, I mean. You think, is that anyone special? I mean, is that like someone we the know replacement in disguise? Could it be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is this like a lieutenant of some sort? I mean, it the cape just just kind of sets it apart. I mean, it doesn't look like a jetpack trooper. We got those over there. 
apparently there are there's going to be standard first order jetpack troopers and sith jetpack yeah you troopers, can see which, the what, sith jetpack troopers. yeah i think those are the sith guys there yeah i don't know man i mean this this, this half of this poster leads me to believe we're, we're going to see the bad guys like the the full force of them at some point in time yeah because we've if you you know think back on tfa and tlj we really haven't seen the full force the full might of the first order yeah we saw you know a good groundswell of troops on crate but even in the beginning of tlj we just kind of saw pieces of the fleet we didn't see the whole thing and then on crate what we really got was you know some big walkers just heavy and, yeah it was just yeah. heavy machinery really exactly we've never seen a, a a large cadre of ground troops so it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out like is there going to be some sort of mass fucking battle like we're under the assumption that the resistance even at this point in tross is going to be basically nothing baby yeah i mean yeah. they're baby and let's be real i mean if those if the jedi packs this stuff is legit they, they are nothing yeah and so it doesn't seem like there would be a need for a force this large on the First Order side, but maybe, you know, maybe there is something out there that well, Kylo... They still have to keep to. order, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. in the end, it's it's not like Palpatine was building up forces just to combat the rebels. He was he was building up his war machine True. to keep the galaxy in order. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was the whole point of the Death Star. Like, hey, we shouldn't need battalions of troops when we can just be like hey you get out of line we're gonna fucking blow you up yeah like literally blow up your planet a galaxy-wide occupying force yeah so yeah i mean that, that's what these people are doing and they're just they've always been fools and the wrong ideals and that's why heroes always win plus good guys always win in, in storytelling for the most part you know i mean they, they've been fucked since day one when george thought them up they were never gonna win yeah <laughs> uh, but they're always going to look cool. I mean, uh, you got to give the bad guys of Star Wars that. They they always are dressed the best, have the coolest war machines. Uh, you know, the, the more I see Kylo's helmet, the more I'm digging the fractured look. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's just like... I, it's just... I don't know. It's just... It, it, it is Kylo. That's what Kylo would do. It's it like just, it represents the broken side of him as a person like, yeah just like, how fucking fragmented his head is at this point yeah exactly like it is a perfect representation of him as a human being as a person like yeah i mean we, we know this guy's never been able to fully commit he, he's done horrible things to try to force himself over fully dark he can't do it yeah. he can't do it and that's why nick's saying he's the most interesting he is i mean even even anakin he went full fucking dark. Yeah, this he he committed. He, even in the comics, he's never really sitting there going, "Oh man, I, I'm feeling the pull of light." It's no, I need more fucking hate to fuel my rage because I hate everyone that made me kill fucking Padme. Yeah, I mean this this guy, Kylo Ren. As much as people may hate him, call him emo, whatever. Like he is one of the most interesting Star Wars villains that we've had, and yeah. you know. It's going to be Vader real. was never asking people to help him pull himself away from the light because the light was sucking him back in. The, the light didn't even creep in until the last minute when he was watching his son get murdered. Yeah. And his son was, you know, crying out to him like, dude, come on. You know, the shades were seen in the elevator. Right. It's too late for me, son. Stuff like that. Yeah. But. I mean, he knew. I mean, they're, they're definitely. Vader knew what Luke was trying to do, but he still wasn't even going to relent then. No. It, it literally took. Luke channeling his father's dark side, kicking his ass, chopping his hand off, and then rejecting what he couldn't reject 
and then watching him get tortured. That that's when he was like, finally it clicked. Like fuck, he's right. Yep, he's right. There is still good in me. Where Kylo's literally saying, "Please help me pull away from the good." Yeah, I know. I know it's here. I need to get away from it. It's like I can still. I still feel too good. And look, right. You know? Vader literally didn't believe he had any left in him, no matter how much his son was trying to remind them that yes, you do. Yeah, and look, that's kind of what we're led to believe is you know Palpatine's end goal now is to is to break that familial strength you know to you know that's the thing that led to his downfall at the end of ROTJ and now he's like okay I know what was the the limiting factor for Vader he had a son his son was never going to switch to the dark side and that's what got me thrown off of a fucking you know a Death Star bridge but apparently not killed (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just a little fall for a Sith Lord, you know, Nick? I mean, falling down energy shafts never really hurt a Sith. Nah, I mean, look, fucking Darth Maul made it, and he got cut in half. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if anyone starts, and you know it's going to happen. I've actually, like, in the leaks, I've I've skimmed through some of the comments, and spoiler, 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 spoiler. I forgot we're not on a full-on spoiler yeah, cast. Not a spoiler cast. Oh, spoiler, no. spoiler, 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 spoiler for Trost. Is that enough, people? Okay. Um, all those spoilers. Now I forget where I was going. <laughs> See, that shows you how fucking brain dead I am. The last thing I was talking about was Maul. Maul fucking fell down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. So anyway, spoilers again. We've learned through these leaks that they're true. That palpatine that he he's fucking palpatine he's like 130 year old motherfucking sheave right yeah (laughs) old as hell right and yes we saw how he died and yes the death star blew up but we know it didn't just completely explode even though it did on in return of the jedi i mean back then let's be real when both death stars blew up they literally just disintegrated yeah Right there, there's no fucking pieces falling down. Really. No, but yeah, hey, it wasn't like Star Killer base where it like crumbled and stuff. Like yeah, that. hey, like hey, whatever. Uh, I guess a big chunk fell down, and Palpatine's back. No clones, no transfer of essence or anything. So, you know, he's just alive. If, if, <laughs> point is, if as Nick was saying, if Maul can literally get chopped in half and live in a shaft for a long, long time, I mean decades possibly not decades many years then palpatine can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah for sure so all right spoilers off yep all in all i mean this poster is pretty dope again we get to see representations of the knights of ren where hopefully we finally get to see these motherfuckers in action and in tross because we're gonna see them in action i know it yeah but are they going to talk are they just literally going to be mute voiceless henchmen yeah, I mean, I don't imagine like I never pictured them as talkers. Like they just stood behind Kylo. Kylo told them just what to like do and they grunt talked. and shit. Like, Ugh. yeah. Uh, do you think they have like a secret language like the the Death Troopers had, where like that would yeah. I mean, that could be something interesting if they do have like a like a coded speak that is only right, right. or like the, the master wear and muffle their shit or something. Yeah, yeah. I like the one the one guy right there, like at the. He's the most right knight of Ren, the guy holding the the axe from yeah. Dryden Voss's collection. Yep, yep. I mean, he's literally wearing like a World War II German soldier helmet he and a Punisher mask. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like Punisher. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. It's pretty sick. Like that dude. Then looks pretty much everyone else, they're basically like, "Ooh, uh, 
Master Ren made his helmet look this way, so we're basically going to do the same thing. Yeah, and this motherfucker's like, I'm rocking the Punisher. I don't know if you guys have read Marvel comics, but the Punisher's pretty cool. I'm going to rock his his mask here. But Yeah, I, I like it. I, I, I Dude, the Knights of Ren are boss. I want figures for everyone. I want a whatever. There are five of them, six of them. I want a six-pack. Yeah, put them all six out. Six-inch Knights of Ren figures, all right? Just beautiful stuff, dude. So yeah, this, this this poster is pretty sick. Oh yeah, by the way, we now know what Kylo's ship's called. I didn't I didn't have a chance to throw it up on the site, but it in, it's in this poster. The silence, tie silencer. No. Oh no no no. It's the tie, whisperer. Whisperer. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that leaked today on on Reddit. I just didn't have a chance to throw it up. I guess it was from a toy box. So. Oh gotcha. That should be fairly legit. Yeah. Very interesting. Now this is dope. So seeing this, what do you think the actual theatrical poster is going to look like? I mean, your primary. I, I mean, I, I think is- it's. It's clearly Ray and Kylo are going to get primo center spots like they have in both of the pre previously released movies. Yeah, but I mean, you I think the overarching figures got to be Pal Palpatine. Yep. Um, you'll probably get Zori on there, Poe, po Finn, Finn, Hux, Pride. Yeah, the Knights. Nice. I bet a Sith trooper. Sith troopers on there for sure. Three PO. It's it's gotta be like a man. I mean, it it has to be similar to what we what we've seen before. Where well, that's what I mean. I mean, I'm looking down in Star Wars Time HQ. I have every Star Wars movie's main movie poster out, and Force Awakens, Last Jedi. They all kind of took the cue that the prequel posters had, where you know, you have like a, a massive figure yeah. that is the backdrop. Then you have your, your key figures get larger billing. And then you may have like an action scene from the movie and then some ships and some ancillary shit in there. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like Kylo and Ray have to be of similar size. Palpatine's definitely the large figure. And then, I mean, what's really going to be interesting is like you said, how they juxtapose them against each other because... I don't know Thanks, how I heard, <laughs> I heard that. Um, I don't know how they're not. I don't, I don't think that they can do what they did in, in, in TFA's poster where they had them kind of like on the same side, like, you know, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. They have to almost what they're doing here yeah. where it's a clear, this is the, the good side and the bad side. And these two are the leaders. Yeah. And I would imagine that, like maybe the husk of the Death Star is kind of shadowed, or yeah, you know, there you go. shadowed. Yeah, there yeah. I could see some of that. So you see some of that. It's, maybe it's only a matter of time, my friend. I mean, we're we're creeping up on. It, yeah, it's got to be getting close. I mean, there's a good chance they drop the official poster with the next trailer, which um, I mean, Force Friday next week makes sense. Other people are kind of leaning for mid October. Maybe around, I think, New York Comic Con's usually mid-October. Yeah, and I mean, like, global reveal stream for a Force Friday, Triple Force Friday, and Tross is one of the main, you know, pieces of that. That could, you know, that's an opportunity there as well. Well, they're, they're doing a, a Fallen Order during that. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. That's going down, like, this week. I think this Thursday, if you're listening live, my friends, that's when that's going down and. um but I've been here in October 14th for some reason. I don't know if that has any significance. 
Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a Monday night football game. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that would make which, sense. Which they've done in the past. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they would be doing it to celebrate Columbus Day, but that's also Columbus Day. Probably, yeah, I don't think that that's going to have any <laughs> bearing on it at all. We like to call it Indigenous Peoples Day here. Yes. Yes. At least that's what it shows up on my calendar. That's what it is. I think they changed the name of it. Like, I have both. I have Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day. So yeah. Apple's trying to get every all the boxes checked. Covering. Yeah, I mean that that would make sense because uh, you know I mean Monday Night Football, ESPN, Disney Network, uh, they've done it in the past. Uh, yeah, I, I think that works. Yeah, for sure. So. Only a matter of time, people. We're less than three months out from the release of Tross at this point. We're on. We're recording this on. Right. So tank 24th. that to the bank. We're, we're we're going possible poster, almost guaranteed trailer. Ten fourteen Monday Night Football. Get ready. Get ready. Mark it down. Star Wars time. Taking it to the bank. Cha ching. Locked and loaded. It's gonna happen. All right, dude. So moving on. Again, we didn't have a lot of a lot of great stuff to speculate on for Mandalorian or the Clone Wars Returns or Tross, uh, but we did have one Mister Iger kind of out shopping his book. It's like this guy needs more fucking money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy probably makes fifty million dollars a year easy just from being CEO on top of all the other greasing he probably gets from other people. Uh, but Bob Iger's out, kind of shopping his book. It's called The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And what Star Wars fans have kind of picked up on is he's provided some insights into the deals he had to make with George Lucas all those years ago now to buy Lucasfilm and, of course, the Star Wars license. And, you know, a lot of this, Nick, we were kind of sitting here offline going, eh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of figured that, but there there were some, I, I guess at least to me, some insights that I didn't know before. I mean, first and foremost, I we knew that George kind of provided some treatments for seven, eight, nine. I didn't know that Bob paid him for those. Yeah, Bob bought those treatments, so he didn't right. just like hand them over when the license was handed over. Um, but Bob made it very clear in his in his book that even though he paid George for the treatments, that he didn't say we are going to be making films off of these treatments. So um, this is kind of a little piece of the, yeah, of the it, quote. It, it leads into why George was a little upset with how things kind of kicked off in the sequel trilogy. Who knows if he's gotten over it, but he definitely kind of got his feelings hurt a little bit, Nick, is what I would say. Yeah. Um, so some other things Bob kind of peeled the cover back on here. Uh, I guess it was kind of a fight but it was bob stood firm on listen george we have creative control yeah period we want you to be a consultant which george reluctantly agreed to be able to uh to do but you know bob kind of says like you know we're, we're always open to your ideas i mean it's not hard to make that promise to the maker um but Bob always had to make it clear to George, like, listen, yeah, we're going to take your ideas, we're going to buy your scripts even, but there, there's no promise, Disney has no obligation to do anything you tell us to do. Yeah, I mean, in, in the more that you hear about this kind of thing, like th this interaction between Bob and George, and even the one right above it talking about the script, like, even though George was done making films he wasn't 
it seems like he wasn't done being the creator. Yeah. Like he yeah, wasn't. Gl- yeah. You, you nailed it, dude. I mean, he, he clearly wasn't done at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was. I think it was after the prequels and him getting his teeth kicked in. He was pretty much, I'm going to take my ball and go home for a little bit and just say, yeah, we're done. Nothing's ever getting made again. Maybe Star Wars 13 or, you know, the Coruscant bounty hunter shit. Maybe we'll do that. We got the cartoons. Go shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is, and then yeah, he agrees to sell. But uh, it, you know, deep down, I don't blame him. I mean, it's his baby, literally. Yeah, he created it. He had the vision of where things should go if it was going to continue. So it was, it was a lot rougher for George to part than I think was initially explained. Yeah, uh, when all this news break uh, yeah. broke way back, what was that two thousand eleven ish, twelve something like that? Yeah, it was. Like 2012, I think is 12, when the announcement yeah. of the acquisition happened. Um, so, but, you know, moving on with this story, Nick, this is where I feel like, okay, guys, you know, use some tact here. And, you know, Bob kind of explained how he personally fucked up how he introduced Disney's script for The Force Awakens to George, where, you know, Kathy essentially sent JJ and Michael Arndt up to George's place read through it and immediately george was like hey guys what the fuck it's like this isn't my script this is nothing nothing that i submitted during negotiations yeah so i mean it's it's tough because bob goes on to say that that basically what he should have done is is prep george before this meeting like he basically what happened was kathy jj and 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 aren't go up there and just start reading them the script like hey this is what we're doing and george had no idea that they were going to read or present something that was completely off base right. for what he you know right as bob said him he kind of felt that george by disney buying his scripts he he still thought that that was kind of a promise like yeah we'll we'll follow them a little bit yeah and they just did but it wasn't <laughs> you know they they took pieces of george's scripts you know they took the female lead as the jedi you know race right. character from the script the jedi killer character which is kylo ren they took from his script they took some other you know beats and stuff like that from the script but for the most part there there was not a you know a, a, an adherence to what he had yeah, written. Yeah, like the, the the story wasn't even close. Yes. I mean the, the elements were lifted, but lifted is the is the proper term. I mean it just it wasn't it wasn't what George thought. So I mean it, like I said that that kind of bums me out. I mean they could have handled it better. Bob even says so. I mean he should have prepped them like listen we appreciate your thoughts. We gave you a couple million for your writings, but we just we're not feeling it. We're going this way. I'm sending these two bozos up to talk to you. Give it your blessing, something like that. But no, he kind of got uh, he kind of got ambushed, and I think it's probably still not sitting well with George all these yeah. years later. And and like even to the point to where you know during you know at the release of TFA, George was basically like. I, I hate this. Like, I don't like it. Right. Like, there's... And, and this, I, I want to get into this, because this just goes to show you that sometimes George doesn't even listen to himself. Because I, I can... I'll comment on something Phil... What's his name? Phil Strock released on Twitter. He's kind of like the... Doing a lot of archival shit at, at Lucasfilm these days and throws interesting stuff on Twitter. But at one point in time, George literally himself said... He wanted every Star Wars movie to be directed by another director. So when you watch the whole saga, 
you could see the different elements and styles in each film. But what did he do when the prequels came around? Yeah, he directed all three of them. Okay, so there we go. Uh, but anyways, as Nick <laughs> was saying, so when when he screened TFA for the first time, he was bummed out. Yeah, and, and basically said, "There's there's nothing new." There's nothing new to this. No new technology. No new planets. No new real characters. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I I like what Bob kind of said here. Like, listen, man, you're not wrong, but I don't think you're understanding the burden we took on by buying essentially your Bible for millions of of geeks out there. Yeah. Like like we had to we had to kind of do TFA in a certain way. And I, I appreciate what J.J. achieved in doing it by telling a new story, setting up a new franchise, but also making it very easy to be connected to the original trilogy. Yeah, and then, you know, wait two years later and we get the the type of, you know, probably a movie that George appreciated more in TLJ and we see the fan reaction to it. Like, if, if you ask George... Between TFA and TLJ, which one did you like more? He will almost certainly say TLJ. You would think, but at this point, I believe George is firmly in the I hate Disney Star Wars camp. I mean, he may, he very well may be leading some of the troll yeah, he's, uh, farms he's got some on Twitter. Fake Twitter point. accounts, some some <laughs> alt accounts where he's just fucking posting nonstop. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he he's linked in with the Russians at this point. Yeah. he's all over all over to smear but, Disney Star Wars. You know, to say that there weren't any new planets there weren't any new characters i feel like he had he was more focused on the technical side of things he said there weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward okay good it wasn't a fucking cgi face fuck yeah thank you you know there were a lot of things about the the prequel trilogy that he looked at as positives that a lot of the fans looked at as negatives so um, the over-reliance on CGI, the absolute, you know, adherence to the fact that, that this is going to be a CG-driven movie, not an, you know, an, an actor-driven movie, so the, the, it, it's going to look cool, shit is going to be as cutting-edge as possible, but the acting is going to be subpar for the most part. Um, and he didn't like, I agree with Bob that he didn't really take time to appreciate what was being done there. I mean, you're reintroducing star Wars to an entire generation. And look, I know George did that. George did that with the prequels and he had his own, you know, backlash against him for the way that he handled it. But I think that like Bob said, you're reintroducing star Wars to a new group of fans you're doing it in a way you're doing it with characters that nobody really knows. Like you don't know Ray, you don't know Finn or any of these other people. Like JJ really couldn't have done a better job at that. And that's why, you know, in spite of George saying what he said, TFA is probably my favorite star Wars movie because it was able to do what George wasn't able to do in the prequels. And that was bring star Wars back to life in a meaningful and emotional way without an over-reliance on shit just looking cool. You're saying there's no emotions in the prequels? I would venture to say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if I were a, a betting man, I would wager you are correct. <laughs> but, uh, so the, the last bit on this, that, that this one completely was new to me, but <laughs> Disney had to negotiate a non-disparagement clause with Lucas prior to the sale of Lucasfilm. And... 
uh, it kind of came into play during the uh, launch of Force Awakens where George didn't want to come. His wife, Melody Hobson, was like, come on, man, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, Bob kind of talked about them negotiating this, what I call the don't talk shit agreement. And George looked at him and said, hey, man, I'm going to be a big shareholder of the Walt Disney Company. Why would I disparage you or anything you do? You have to trust me. Yeah. I like that. That That's good old George coming out there. Yeah, I mean, as much as George may be at odds with what's happening at the, you know, in the Age of Resistance trilogy, he's not an idiot. Like, he is a very intelligent human being that created one yeah, he, of the he, most... He subscribes to the cream philosophy like most of us. I mean, cash rolls everything around me. Cream, get your money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Per, yes, I mean, exactly. That is fucking George's mantra. I mean, that's why he fucking sold the, the franchise for $5 billion. So or Right, and, and as you said, he's probably, he probably still has a bunch of stock in the company that is just, I think, has been at least staying stable and growing considering they own all of media at this point in yeah, time. Yeah, basically just own everything. Yeah, he's no dummy. I mean, he's an artist, so he, he probably doesn't like a lot of stuff that's happened to his creation, but that's what happens when you sell. Yeah, I mean... Uh, but You, you, you kind of lose that voice. Yeah, but, you know, we've also seen... You know, out of everything that's being said here, yes, there's a lot of negatives. But if we go back to stories that we've heard about in the past, that we've heard about during production of a lot of these movies, you know, like the particularly in the solo film, like George was a very heavy presence on the solo set. Him and Ron Howard are very good friends. There were moments that they talked about where George like came in and directed a scene, quote unquote, and gave a lot of suggestions onto what Han Solo would do. So it's very clear that George still has a soft spot for Star Wars in his heart, and he's still going to be there, especially in in situations like, you know, the the spinoff movies or the one-offs like Rogue One, Solo. He may not have, you know, the best of, you know, he, he may not be on the best terms with the new sequel trilogy as people would like him to be but he does realize that when he signed that contract like like you said matt like you don't own it anymore like you don't get to like you signed away your right to say how this movie goes and that is going to be something hard for for george to grapple with for a long time probably until he dies like let's just be real I bet. I, do you think he's over it at this point, though? I don't think so. Or do you think he? Do you think he took pleasure? Do you think he took pleasure in all the shit that that happened with Ryan's movie? I don't think he took pleasure in it because of the way, because of what the people were upset about. It, it's is like, if it would have been like, hey, I don't like this direction that Disney's going in. I think that the story is, is, you know, weak and something like that. Then maybe he would have jumped on that bandwagon, but the fan reaction was way more focused on things that he would have been doing anyway. So like inclusivity in the cast, like he was going to cast, like if he had his way with these movies anyway, he was going to have a female lead. He was going to have a diverse cast of characters unlike the other movies. Like, so whatever was being done by Disney that people hate and that caused the backlash would have been done in George's trilogy anyway. So if anything, he was probably like, man, fuck these people because like, you know, I have my issues with the movie, but what your issues are, 
are completely off base. Yeah, I, I, from what we've heard or pretend to her, you know, people like to pretend that they're George Lucas themselves and they, they tell us what he would have done. But apparently his treatments, Luke was definitely not going to be cranky boy. Yeah, yeah. And there was going to be a bit more of a focus on the original trilogy characters. Right. Um, where, like... Yeah, it wasn't his movie. It was more, yeah, you're going to have the younger ones, but it, it was essentially going to be by movie three, the torch was exactly, passing yeah, versus was... what we have now. It's essentially, the, the torch was passed before the movies even started. I mean, and if the old you... guys and girls are there just to support and to kind of yeah. guide these young ones. I mean, if you look how, I mean, that's a good way to put it is like there was going to be an extended torch passing with George's trilogy, where if you look at how this, these movies, these three movies would have played out if Carrie Fisher was alive through the end, you essentially had individual torch passings in each film. So like Han passes the torch on in, in, in TFA you know, Luke was to pass the torch on in TLJ, and then finally, you know... She, yeah, she's still going to do it in Tross. It's just not going to be nearly yeah. what I think it would have been. I mean, I, at this point in time, reading some of the leaks, you can, you're can you for damn sure that Ben and his mom were going to meet again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was probably going to be Ben's mom. Spoiler! 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 All right, clear, clear, clear. It probably would have been Ben's mom that gave him the talking to after he got his ass kicked that kind of yeah, you know, convinces him to possibly do what we think he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. All right, spoiler's over. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, stuff like this, it's never easy to read because, as we've said many times on this podcast, like, we love George Lucas. Like, we're in, obviously, we have issues with the way that the prequels were handled and the stories that were told there. I, I think that a lot of people do. And a lot of people have issues with the way that Disney's telling their stories, but it's never easy to hear that the guy who created no. something that has changed our lives, literally right. like doesn't like the way that it's, you know, that it's going. So do you think George is a nice person to be around in real life? I've thought about that before, and it's a really I, hard I don't. question. I absolutely do not. I, I, I bet he's probably a, a handful. I would say that he he's probably very focused on himself. Like he's, yeah. I don't want to call him selfish, but he's like the type of person that like you would talk to and you would tell him a story, and instead of just being like, "Oh, that was really cool," or like you know, continuing to ask you questions, he would then come back and tell his own story that was a little cooler. Like he was always focused on what he's done and what he thinks is right to do, and you know what he what he would have done in this situation, rather than saying he's probably he probably doesn't have a lot of empathy is the way that I would put it. Yeah, I just I I, I get some of my guesses based on uh, it was an excellent kind of expose game informer did many years ago on Lucas Arts and just how fucked up it was to work there when George was still around where. They'd have like a half a game built, and he'd just come in and be like, uh, no, name that character Flippity Dip, and that one Sliggity Doo. Give that guy a fuzzy head. <laughs> Paint him blue. All right, see ya. And it essentially blow up <laughs> like a six months of work. Yeah. He'd be like, I'm out. I mean, I, you know, I knew somebody who worked at BioWare when they were getting ready to launch the 
Star Wars, the Old Republic MMO game. Like, and George basically told them, like, I don't like this game. You can't use anything from my movies. Figure out what you're going to do. Like, you know, you can make it and it can have the name on it because I've sold that license to you to do it. But you can't use any lightsaber models that were in my movies. You can't use any character names that were in my movies. You can't reference characters that were in my movie. You can't basically anything that was done in the in the in the universe. They couldn't fuck with it. And that that basically, you know, that game was kind of nuked from the beginning because of bad design decisions. But like that didn't help. Like they were planning on like I don't know if this was ever put out there, and I don't know if this is even true. But like. They were Bioware's initial plan was to like run this game, and if it went well, to make an actual animated movie. Like the best part about Star Wars: The Old Republic that people will always remember is those release trailers, like those incredible, like CG trailers. They were planning on making a full CG movie like that, and like George was just like, "You're out of your fucking mind. Like I'm never gonna let you do that." Yeah, man. So, <laughs> like, I I don't know. I I just. I think he'd be very intimidating to be around. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's just just the fandom I have for him. But I also think if you got to know him a bit, he he's probably a motherfucker. He's probably like a Steve Jobs. Yeah. Probably not that bad, but usually when motherfuckers are that smart, that creative, and they literally change the world, they're not wired like us. No, no. Like us adult lowlifes, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe if you would have met George like on the set of – a new hope like before he knew what it was going to be then he would be a different person but like post everything like now yeah i mean like you saw you even saw a little bit of that at the tfa celebration like he came out on stage and he was just like yeah you know people didn't like the people didn't like the prequels but i did and like i told the story that was that needed to be told and like he just didn't give a fuck he's just like whatever this is what i wanted to do so yeah. but yeah i mean it's our guy though we can't again can't you, you can critique him a little bit but he gave us everything we need to do the star wars time show there is no star wars time show without the maker so as we transition out of that topic into everyone's favorite topic or at least those of you that are mentioned in it and that is this week's top five star wars fan artists of the week features you know the story but I'll explain it because you never know if you're new. Throughout the week on at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram, yours truly is looking for people tagging at Star Wars Time Show, hashtagging Star Wars Time Show, or just Star Wars art as if I'm scrolling through my Haywood Pop. I'm going to snag that. I'm going to throw it up on Star Wars Time Show. Then at the end of the week, after Nick's had a few drinks, <laughs> he goes through all the posts on our Instagram account. He flicks them around. He touches them. He pokes them. He flicks them. And then he settles on his five favorite for the week. So these five we are discussing come from 913 to 920. And I'll go ahead and let the man himself kick off the first featured artist. Okay, so prefacing the the top five i want to say that there there is a feat done here that i don't think has ever happened in the top five before we have a back to back top five entrant someone's greasing up the goats somebody is really greasing up the goats bring in the heat we'll see when we get there (laughs) but um first up for top five this week is a brand new artist never been in top five before imperial underscore one two one one at imperial underscore one two one one on instagram what we have here is a fantastic portrait shot of 
the Sith Trooper. Yep, and it's the Hot Toys boy, and I have pre-ordered him. God, I mean, like, I think when when Matt and I first saw this toy reveal, we talked about it a little bit on you know on our on our proper episode. And we were like, man, this thing looks good. You can see like the ridges and the helmet and all the detail of the gun. Like everything looks so fucking spot on. And then to see a portrait like this done by Imperial one two on one, and and that really captures just all of the fucking amazing shit about this about this figure is fantastic. Add in the I would assume that this is a smoke bomb, the red like a red smoke bomb in the background that's creating this Yeah, atmosphere. that that would be my guess. I'd say that that's practical, the old smoke bomb. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of smoke bombs myself. They're cheap. You can get a box for like 5 bucks and the you really get nice thick smoke. I mean, it's it's a little bit different than you'd get with an atmosphere aerosol or even kicking up particles with an air can or a drain cleaner. When you use a smoke bomb as you can see here, Nick, you really get that very deep, mm-hmm. voluminous smoke cloud. I mean, it's it, it, it truly is a bomb of smoke. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also like what he did with the lighting here, yes. where you got the the right side is, is kind of shadowed. It, it, it adds a sinister feel to the Sith Trooper. He already looks kind of sinister. Uh, but this is, to me... I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to just come out and say this is my favorite Trooper design of all time. It's definitely the most badass-looking trooper. I think it even beats the Death Trooper, which up until this guy, to me, were the most badass-looking troopers. I don't know. There's just something about him. Maybe it's the ridges. Maybe it's the face. I mean, he literally has a pissed-off-looking face. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he just looks pissed. He just always has that menacing look in his eyes. And it's just like, like you mentioned, this is, I don't know if there was even, you know, there wasn't much posing done for the shot, obviously, holding the gun upright, maybe tilting the head down a little bit. But, like, the figure itself just looks menacing. And, it you know, if you look at the entirety of its body, like, you know, the, the additional kind of pieces that are included on the on the shoulder pauldrons, the, the ridges, like you said, multiple times, on not only on the helmet, but then also on, you know, the, the arms and other parts of the, of the, you know, the armor. I mean, this guy just looks like a bad motherfucker. Like he looks like he would just shoot you without even saying a word. He, to he, you. he would shoot you and he'd actually hit you. Yeah. He I would mean, actually, this guy could hit, he could hit the broad side of a barn door. Unlike most of his, uh, fellow trooper brethren oh, of, yeah. of any generation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the clones weren't bad. I mean, especially the named clones, like, you know, fives and sexy Rexy and all them. But once they went to just standard conscription and any bozo could join the forces, things got a little suspect, especially during the OT. Yeah. And, and clearly in the, in the sequel trilogy or the Age of Resistance, they're not great shots either. Yeah. But this- uh, yeah, man, I mean, this is, like I said, this will be the first one six scale trooper I own. Probably the only. I, I mean, I love the original Bucketheads. I just don't feel a need to spend 200 plus dollars on a big one. It's kind of weird. I mean, I bought an Imperial Guard, which are kind of even more basic, but I also got the Emperor in his throne. You got to have a fucking guard for that, right, Nick? True. You can't just have the Emperor by himself. You got to have a guard standing behind him. At least I didn't buy two guards. But this is this is the sickness we, we suffer, my friend. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, Imperial 1211, knocking it out. Um, in terms of the 1-6 Sith Trooper, I think this is the only second shot I've seen of him. I mean, we, we featured 1-6 shooters from right after SDCC, which yeah. is almost looking like an actual scene that could play out in Trust now based on some leaks. Uh, so it was, it was nice to see another one out here in the wild from 
Imperial 1211 here. So beauty, yeah, beautiful shot at Imperial underscore 1211 on Instagram. Next up is a returning top five member, not the back-to-back that I mentioned at the beginning, though. This is South P24 coming in with a fantastic representation of the <laughs> severing in half of yeah. Darth Maul and TPM by Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we see you know, Darth Maul standing there, well, kind of standing there, in half, top half floating a little bit, bottom half kind of getting ready to fall down the shaft, and Obi-Wan Kenobi standing lightsaber Qui-Gon's lightsaber extended and you know this is just a really fun shot you know a lot of detail in here that you probably wouldn't even notice so if you look in the background at the doorway you have uh the red kind of shield up that was you know kind of closing and opening in the hallway you have the the red kind of you know um kind of like orange red mark of the lightsaber on both parts of Maul's body Oh, yeah, it scorch, scorches that shit. Cauterization, yeah. my friend. Oh, yes. And then you have the lightsaber trail from Obi's swing that you yeah, see. Yeah, I like that. I like the little touches South P incorporates in here. I mean, he, his name's Paul. I mean, he excels at murder shots. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I put up some other ones he's done recently. He he has like a new series of the Hulk getting on a Tanty Four. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then, yeah. Look look at look at Han Solo's doing to him here Fucking at the end of that. Shot story. him right in the eye. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, South P is all about the murder shots. Oh, it's yeah. either heads getting lopped off. I mean, scroll down a little bit. Look look what your boy farm boy Luke's I, doing I there. Think- or, yeah. Or Yavin Luke Yavin chopping Luke heads. Yavin made our top five when this shot first dropped, I believe. So, <laughs> I mean, he is. He's Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's one of his things. Either troopers getting their faces blown out by blaster bolts or their heads chopped off from lightsabers. Yeah, so, so South P, again, bringing the heat here. I mean, this is just a perfect representation of that scene in, in TPM, and it's really cool to see you know, the posing that, that South P took here, the way that he was able to capture, like, the, the slice in half in motion. Um, and like I mentioned, all the little details that he was able to add in as well. This guy really fucking brought the heat for this one. And we have a perfect representation of the first death of Darth Maul, you could call it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. The first death. The man has had many. Yeah, so um, fantastic job here by, by South P24. Um, all right. Next up, this guy is Here we go. our back-to-back top-five gangster, and that is everything Kylo himself. I mean, we talk about this guy when he's in the top-five. We talk about this guy when he's not in the top-five. It seems like he always makes some sort of you know, appearance on the Star Wars time show, but this time he brings the top-five back-to-back with a fantastic mashup shot, like... Usually I go out of my way to say like, okay, I'm not going to have the same artist in twice. I want to try to get people in. You couldn't handle it. Man. I couldn't he, he do it. He used the power of the goat on you. He did. And the perfect Back to the Future Star Wars mashup where you see <laughs> fucking an ATST blasting shit to pieces. And then you see the DeLorean yeah. flying through, evading all of the fire, and then you see the lightning tendrils coming up the car, and you know what that means. It's about to hit 
Yeah, eighty eight. Somebody miles didn't an hour. punch in their their Navi computer coordinates correctly between Doc and uh, Marty here. Yeah. Because I mean, they, they they mistakenly end up in the Star Wars universe right in the middle of a motherfucking battle. Yeah. As as everything's got going here, and then yeah, they're they're getting shot at. I yeah. I mean, I just I love it. As we've always said, I mean, Jesse, he's he's one of our goats. I mean, goat. Goat one and goat one, I guess, is what we have to call them. It is funny. The goat stuff's starting to take off because, Nick, if you look down in in, in Jesse's (laughs) caption, fireworks courtesy of Sir Dork, Dork, goat. Goat. And we've actually had – I put out another call for questions because I wanted to build up a few more to do kind of a little – like what one of our fans asked us to do, I think, Star Wars Black Series 2019 – I was like, do something like a questions for the cantina or questions from the cantina. I was like, yeah, it's a good idea. And we actually got a question. So who is the real goat? So we're starting, like people are listening. It's few and far between, but there are some very loyal listeners and we love you. you We love you. We speak your name. I mean, be proud of it. Shout it out more. Be like, hey, we listen all the time. I see what you guys are putting in your stories now. I try to share those that essentially are stroking us, but hey, you know. (laughs) But Payback's fair play. You know, we, we, we gave you the reach around first. Now it's your time to, you know, tickle our nuts a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, a- anyways, back to the goat here. And he, that's why he's a goat. I mean, he's a goat because of his skills with a camera, fireworks, and destruction. But he's more of a goat because of how he's taken to the SWT, how he reps us, supports us, shouts us out. So he truly is. Yeah an SWT goat to the max. You know, when we eventually get to our interview series with these artists and, you know, we get everything Kylo on, we get Sir Dork on eventually, if if we can. Oh, we're going to make them fight to the death to settle the goat debate once and for all. We'll have to have them hash it out because both of them bring bring the heat every time. Right, I mean, I'm going to go out and kind of on a limb here and say that Nick has sort of settled the debate on who's goat one and goat two because he... He gave Jesse, aka everything Kylo, the back-to-back treatment. I don't know. I had nothing. I had no influence <laughs> he here, not. Jared, Sir Dork. Don't don't not. yell at me. This is all on uh, that Nick C here. So, look, uh, man, we, we kid. Either way, yeah. they're both all stars in our book. They are the Star Wars time super fans, the goats. That's why you will forever see the goat emoji anytime we're talking. Everything Kylo or Sir Dork. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. And then, yeah, this was a super fun shot. I mean, everything about it was yeah, fucking I mean, fantastic. Fireworks spot on. And Jesse's like me. Another another comment here. I don't layer because Lord knows I'm not smart enough and don't know my around Photoshop. <laughs> a fucking men, brother. I am the same way. We're like Photoshop cavemen. <laughs> where you just you fire it up and you look at it and you just go, Duh! Blayers! Uh, but he's right. I mean, he's like me. I mean, you you you, you take a bunch of shots. Hope hope one works. Yeah. Uh, you, you might get some other ones that are kind of partially. They got the bokeh from the explosion. Some don't. Some have too much smoke. Some don't have enough. Sometimes you get that perfect shot. But Jesse usually always manages to get one perfect shot per setup. So check him out. Check him out. This is heavy, Doc. At everything, Kylo. Beautiful stuff. All right. Next up in the top five is a. New top five member, but this is not toy photography like we usually see. This is some concept art for a Luke Skywalker, you know. This looks like it's probably ROTJ timeline. We see him rocking the green boy in this, but basically what this image is, is is Luke straight up cutting a an AT-AT in half. 
Not an ATST, not the little scout, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. scout walkers. This is the big at ats, what you saw on Hoth. Just yeah. cut the motherfucker in half without. I mean, a second this is thought. essentially this is a concept art from the Last Jedi movie most fans wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're not mean, most fans, but the you know like the uh, the vocal crowd, if you will. Yes, yes, exactly. They would have loved to see. Old man Luke still rocking the green lightsaber from ROTJ, just slicing shit to bits. With his laser sword, just like he said he w- he wouldn't be able to do in TLJ. Yeah, so, I mean, this, it's just like, when I see stuff like this, it, it fucking blows my mind. I mean, the level of detail that's put in here, I mean, the lightsaber... The coolest thing to me is the trail, like the lightsaber trail. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I mean, it's always the little shit that gets me. I mean, obviously, painting or whatever this is, every, I mean, even painting the fucking mud to me is exquisite looking here. But I wouldn't even be able to do that. I mean, just layering in some whites with the darks. Uh, but the fact, yeah, like you said, like the painting the little particles or, or the trail from the saber or, or in shots like from Black Series when he, he has all the different layers he merges together, some with the lights, some with the atmosphere aerosol, some with explosions. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Just the little touches, but that's what makes – that's the difference between people like Darth Timok and Haywood Pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean this- or Black Series and Haywood Pop or everything Kylo and Haywood Pop. <laughs> they, they get those little tweaks in here. Yeah, and, and this guy, by the way, this dude does not have enough followers. Yeah, Darth Timok, twelve hundred followers on on Instagram like, right now. This this guy has Star Wars art that is legit. I mean, this and guy should have be appreciated. Triple triple the followers that I mean yeah. that he has. I mean this this most recent piece that he put up of Sabine. I mean that is a a beautiful representation yeah. of Sabine. I mean, the guy's got a good style. I mean, again, we're idiots. We don't really know the proper term here. I mean, it I definitely like looks like painting, painting of yeah. some sort. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, digital paint. Yeah, Who the digital, fuck knows? Digital painting. I mean, this guy, but he, like, he has put together some fantastic images. And this is not just like representations of, of things that you've seen in movies. This is original concepts and, yeah. and, and yeah. new things that you've never seen before. I mean, this, this guy brings the heat and you know 1200 followers right now you know hopefully we can you know bump this guy up to at least let's slowly bump that up because we'll be definitely sharing his work throughout the months moving forward on uh, star wars time show and ig so i mean i I love again we're not all just it has to be toys i mean it could be anything Star Wars fan art related. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I we've mean, cosplay, gotten... video game photography. It doesn't matter. Tag it up. Yeah. If you, if you're seeing people that don't know our tag, tell them. It's like, hey, these guys weekly. Jason B. Phone. Michael. He he hooked up. I think it was Optimus Crime or something. He he tagged Star Wars Time Show. He's like, look look at this shit, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and I was like, go. I'll look. And I looked. I said, yeah, I'll share it. Yeah, that's how you got to take people. Spread we, the word. We take everything from toy photography, pixel art, digital painting, traditional. It, it doesn't drawing, matter. Just like, it just has to be Star Wars focused. It doesn't even have to be all Star Wars. We we also do mashup features. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. Star Wars has to be in there. I mean, we are the Star Wars time bros, but you, you get the point. So hit up this guy. I mean, even if you're just a toy photographer, appreciate the the traditional artist that Star Wars Take some out inspiration there. from this. I mean, if yeah, you there see you a go. shot, yeah, I want to see one of you. Okay, here you go. Sir Dork, if you've got yourself an ad at, I want you to cut it. <laughs> I want you to literally cut it live with your blowtorch. 
somehow get a firework that you can trail out for Luke's, uh, you know, you might need some gasoline or a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> you know, do one of those, and, you know, let's start blowing up full vehicles at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anybody can master the destruct, complete destruction of an ad at in, in, in firework form, that would be Sir Dork. Yeah, so. I'll tell you right now, anyone into the toy stuff, you got to check out some of Sir Dork's behind-the-scenes stuff. If anything, just to see the shit this guy brings with... Uh, I mean, the blowtorch still is my favorite Sir Dork accessory. I know, it's just like keeps it in his pocket, whips it out. It's a fucking... <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, people. It's not like, oh, it's one of those wind, you know, windproof butane torch. No, it is... You fucking light it essentially with sparks... Like you're going to weld a fucking car together, blowtorch. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's fucking nuts. And then the guy will fucking sit there and spray atmosphere aerosol, essentially holding a bomb in his hand. Yeah, I was going to say, if the fire With catches. a blowtorch. <laughs> oh, man. The guy's a, the guy's a legend. The guy's guy a, doesn't fuck around, no. man. I mean, if he ever blows his hand off, we'll definitely um, commemorate it and hold a funeral for his hand. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hopefully it never happens, but I mean the guy gets the guy gets real. I mean at some point in time I, I'm gonna I'm gonna question if he's gonna start rolling out grenades. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just gonna fire bombs, napalm. I mean, anything, what, what what else has he got in that bag of tricks? Anything is on the table. Yeah. So cruise missiles at Darth Timok for this fantastic representation concept art yeah. piece. Digital hook him up. Hook him up. Fantastic, fantastic job. Last one here for the top five this week. I picked this one mostly because I think this figure looks really fucking cool. And I don't know if it's just like a kit bash or if this is like an actual official figure. But um, this is a shot from Green is Yellow. Green, just Green is Yellow on Instagram. And it's from what your caption says, Matt, it looks like it's a custom piece here. A Ronin, um, uh, <laughs> well, I was about to say Darth Vader, a Ronin Boba Fett figure. And he's just got heads rolling on the ground from fucking. Oh, yeah. So here's here's what I'm I'm thinking the the base figure here is Django Fett. It's Django, yeah. No no right. little thing on his head. Yeah, right. and I'm guessing green is yellow or or some. Oh yeah, it is his. Uh, he, he you know he customized kind of painted those red blotches on the armor there. Dirty weathered him up a bit. Gave him a. Uh, you kind of have that uh, bullet pack is probably from a death trooper or a sand trooper kit uh i he i'm guessing he fashioned the helmet piece himself i don't know where he could have got that from uh, but yeah th this thing's awesome i, I love customizers i mean it, because it's always fun to figure out where are they pulling the shit from where are they kit bashing from i mean i'm going the standard figure against Django. Uh, but where does the sword come from? How did he fashion the helmet? You know, obviously he took, like I said, something from troopers to get the the over-the-shoulder holster there. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And, and it's just a, a fun-looking shot. It, it's a imposing shot. You look oh, at yeah. this and you go, yeah, I don't want to cross paths with the, with the Ronin Django. Oh, yeah. This dude looks like he would cut anybody down in front of him. I mean, like you said, all the, like, all the detail that's put in here is fantastic. It doesn't look like it's just a straight ripoff of a Django Fett or something like that. It looks like this is a, a new bounty hunter in the galaxy. And, like, you know, I wouldn't... After seeing, you know, Chirrut Imwe, somebody who followed the ways of the Force and was also, like, basically a, a ninja in some ways, a samurai, like, seeing this doesn't feel that far out of universe. I mean, you know, and then 
add on top of that, we already have the Ronin or the Samurai line that comes out of Japan for a lot of the characters. So um, having his own play on, on this Samurai archetype within Star Wars was really cool. And just like, you know, adding in the touches, like all the dead fucking stormtroopers around the one you know the one stormtrooper in the foreground his head's just like rolling on the ground oh yeah you know separated from his body i mean it was a fantastically uh you know concepted piece here and out right it's just a good setup too i mean a lot of times sometimes i'll fail at this is in a, a good shot sometimes well not sometimes a lot of times you need these peripherals shit laying on the ground shit in the background shit right next to the character it just it it makes it feel more alive like the character is living and not just a little six inch toy so i I do appreciate that i mean i don't know if that's a dial in the back i'm guessing but it looks like there's little posters on there and i'm telling you man the shit these customizers do is mind-boggling yeah yeah absolutely cool and it looks like he's um Green is yellow, amateur toy photographer, open for commissions. I don't know if that means for photography or if it's for custom pieces, but if any of you guys are looking Probably for... Probably custom, yeah. Yeah, if you guys are looking for some custom some, uh, you know, Star Wars figures here, uh, green is yellow. Hit him up on Instagram. He's got 937 followers. Now, again, let's crank that number up for this guy because clearly he knows what he's doing. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... there's very solid photography in here. I mean, we, we've shared shots of his before. Uh, I don't know if he's been on the top five. but I don't uh, think so. This is his first time in the top five, but gotcha. I've definitely seen his stuff around before. Yeah, so. no. It's a legit account. I'm just going to follow it on Haywood Pop. There you go. Bingo. The That's li- how we get shit done here. The live follow. A little, little live handshake. How's it going, Green? Welcome to Star Wars time. All right, man. Well... What we got here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go ahead. So, let's I mean, we, we kind of talked about this before the cast, and we've been going longer than I thought, but you know what? It's late enough. No one's up in my house anymore, so I'm just going to be here by myself. Might as well talk about it. And, and we've kind of, or Nick has flowed this idea before, but every once in a while, depending on the topics we have or time, Nick would like me to kind of break down a shot that he chooses of mine because I mean, there's kind of a a spoken or an unspoken rule here where Nick doesn't feature my shit. Not that I'm even sharing my own shit on star Wars time show. That would just be weird. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a little too weird for me. I mean, I I'd already do enough like third person shit when I'm posting stuff on star Wars time, talking about stuff I've done for star Wars time as Haywood pop, whatever. It's all weird. Uh, but Nick picked one and we're going to go through it and he picked a shot of mine that I just reposted recently for a a sir dork tag and it's a uh, uh you know obviously I'll have it in the YouTube version of this cast but it, it's a shot of the scarif shore trooper kind of in a as Nick pointed out and other people that looked at it, it, it he's posed like Willem Dafoe's character on the platoon cover yeah where it's just like fuck me war as hell we're all gonna die yeah and i mean this is like dropped to his knees looking up like it's it's a fantastically expressive shot arms wide open and then in the background too i mean you know matt you've shit on yourself for action shots in the past but i mean like this is a fantastic action shot so so, yeah well, well here's the strange thing nick as i told you before we went live this shot right here i didn't share until earlier in 2019 I took this shot in the summer of 2017. (laughs) 
Okay. It's, it's you know. So, here yeah, we those of you that have been listening to my IG journey throughout these casts when we started doing this, I mean, you know, I. I, I've, I lament a lot about it and things that have happened. The IG hell, I was just doing it at the beginning, at the top of this cast. But a lot of it, I think, is my own fault because I will take a bunch of shots and then I will take years to roll them out. I look at this now, Nick. I'm like, I don't even know if I could make an action shot like this now. I, I, I haven't done an action shot like this in years. <laughs> it's like, I am. I am goofy. There's something wrong with me. I, it's just I, like, I'm, I'm getting better at if I take a shot and I think it looks cool, I try to process it quicker and get it out. I mean, a shot I just shared of the Hyper Real Vader, I literally took over the weekend, got processed, and had, had it out by the Monday Toy Pop session. I've never done that. I've never had a turnaround that quick. And, you know, the shot didn't go over that well, but whatever. You, you kind of get the point here. So the way I pulled this off, and this is even funnier, the dudes in the back, they're they're on like these uh, figure stands, clear stands. I probably wiped them out, or a lot of times I might have just left them in the part, and the sand particles covered them. Yeah. The sand effect is literally me standing out of frame, with my fat bare foot, kicking as hard <laughs> as I can down at the sand, so it would throw sand and dirt into the shot. Holy shit! Okay. Right. So this is before I was smart enough to use canned air for that type of stuff or uh, drain blowers. We just It's kind of like a super soaker. You pump it up, and then you release the air pressure. I was literally, wherever I could find sand or loose dirt, I would take the, the ball of my foot and kick down to kind of like divot it up and create an explosion. <laughs> Dude, that is – the fact that you were able to get this effect by doing that, though, is – so impressive because this looks like you know we see a lot of shit like this on on the star wars time show instagram like we see a lot of action shots explosion shots like this looks as good if not better than most of the ones that we see and like this like this literally looks like there's an explosion that knocked these fucking dudes in the back out and this guy's just sitting there getting blasted from the side i mean I don't think that you could have done like, and then you mentioned like the, they're on a clear stands in the back. Like you can't see it. I don't know if you could have done a better job with the shot. This is a fantastic. Well, hey, I, I appreciate it. It makes me kind of weird to, to hear <laughs> this type of stuff because you know me. I mean, I hate myself for the most part. Uh, but it, I look at him like, you know, Nick's kind of right. Posing's there. It does have a, a feel to it. Yeah. But for some reason, I haven't been able to do something similar. I, I'm telling you right now, like any action shots that I still had to do or have put out don't look like that. So whatever was going on in, in that summer down in Hilton Head and the ditches when I was just lining up figures in sand and kicking shit at them, <laughs> for some reason I could figure out how to do action shots that looked cool back then, but that's about it. I haven't been able to, to recreate it since. And I think I've gotten better. I at least know more tricks. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I shared this shot, I'm sorry, I shared it in December of 2018. Uh, still. Almost a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 230 likes. Yeah. I mean. I, so, again, that's why I feel like a loser. I mean, you, you're telling me this thing's awesome. And I almost agree with you the more I look at it. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I kind of, this is the old blind squirrel find a nut type of uh <laughs> Uh, saying here but it didn't matter 
I mean, again, I, I, I can I can point out shots now of literally characters just standing still that do thousands of likes. Yeah, I mean, out of toy sessions. So, I mean, yeah, I should just be like, fuck it. They're likes. Who gives a shit? Just push forward with what you think is cool. But I'm a human. I need detention. I need the feedback. I don't get it, so I feel like a loser. And there are times I put up shots. I'm like, that's a badass fucking shot. That should hit 500 to 1,000. It does like 100. It's, yeah, so. I mean, like, I don't know what the fuck IG's deal is, but like. It's like a meme. I have to just be under some sort of crazy shadow ban for anything that isn't a Funko Pop. Yeah, I mean, like, you'll, your mall, like, just scrolling through, like, your mall shots have done pretty pretty good recently almost i've seen similar mall shots in the thousands from other people i mean again this isn't me shitting on the other people just saying what's the fucking difference yeah i don't know i don't get it fucking instagram is a fickle fickle beast there you are there there's a little segment we may revisit every once in a while it's basically therapy for me (laughs) it's toy photography therapy with nick and matt yeah that's what we'll call that one but yeah, it's a fantastic shot. I'll have this linked in the in the post podcast. Yeah, yeah. As well, it was, so it was fun. Like I said, I I need to try it more. I, I think the reason I haven't gone back to this type of practical shot is because uh, last summer, like the summer of eighteen, I spent like five hundred dollars on fireworks to use throughout the year. So <laughs> that that's kind of what I've been replacing from the particle effects. But the particle effects are are a good go to, especially if you're out and about. Don't have your gear bag. Don't have canned air. Don't have your drain buster. I'm telling you, if you can find some loose dirt, you could even flick it with your hands. Or if you want more of that violent look like I've got in that shot, take the ball of your foot and, and kick down at it like you're taking a divot out. And If you got that the shutter speed on, on high frame capture, so you're like, there's a good chance you may get a shot that you can use. Um, so I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Prime time! That's right, we got Dion on the cast now. Uh, but as always, it's now your turn to kind of help out the Star Wars Time bros. And you can do that by going to StarWarsTime.net. Click around a little bit. Stay a little bit. Appreciate it. Share it with a friend. Share it with another Star Wars fan. Share it with a non-Star Wars fan just to piss them off. But while you're there, you can also subscribe to the podcast if you're not already linked in to a platform of your choosing. We've got them all. Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, Android, email, RSS. You know the drill. You can even hit our YouTube channel from there and get all subbed up in one click of a button. So if you like to listen along while we're talking about the shots, I would argue the YouTube version is probably the best way to do it. Or just go to the post on StarWarsTime.net, and as you're listening, you can check out Nick's links. All right, people. Remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. So if you like to listen along while we're talking about the shots, I would argue the YouTube version is probably the best way to do it. Or just go to the post on StarWarsTime.net, and as you're listening, you can check out Nick's links. All right, people. Remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. (laughs) 